This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. We're going to get to the terrorism story in just a few minutes, but first, uh, some news from this morning. Embattled health and long-term care minister Dr. Eric Hoskins was in the GTA today to make a positive announcement for a change. He announced more money for long-term care homes, including behavioral supports for patients with dementia and Alzheimer's. Now, it's not new money. It's funding that was already announced in the last budget, and it comes to $10 million a year, which is, frankly, not that much. So the question is, how far will this go to solve the problems created by chronic underfunding of long-term care? I'm sure it's problems that a lot of our listeners have encountered, long waits to get into these facilities, and uh, is there enough support there when people get in? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And right now on the line, I have QP Ontario's Candice Rennick. Hi, Libby. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Fine. Good. Well, this this announcement obviously wasn't a surprise. It was in the budget. Uh, is it uh, going to go the distance to solve the problems? Well, I think you uh, made the point that it's not new money, but it's also money that's only committed for three years, so it's not even ongoing money. And, of course, we welcome any additional investments into the system, but it's not even going to make a dent. I mean, the BSO role is an incredibly valuable role, but let's be honest. BSO? No no abbreviations, please. Sorry, the behavioral support of Ontario system, the new new behavioral support systems that we're putting in. So really important role uh, in the long-term care facilities, but they're not providing bedside care. They're not taking people to the toilet. They're not helping with the feeding. So are they important and do they provide value in the facilities? Absolutely. But we need investments that are going to put bedside care, people at the bedside providing the supports that are truly needed for our loved ones. Okay, so let's get into that uh, a little bit. Uh, So what exactly will this money, what exactly are these people uh, hired with this money or or, uh, kept on with this money? What exactly are they going to be doing and what more is needed? I think uh, generally in facilities, they're uh, there to support people with uh, additional, um, sometimes aggressive or other behavioral problems that need additional support. So an incredibly valuable role. I don't want to diminish that role at all but they're not providing the the care that's needed in long-term care facilities. That's at the bed. That's helping people get dressed, mouth care, foot care, toileting, bathing. That's the support that's seriously lacking. And the government of Ontario has invested hundreds of millions of dollars into the system in the last several years. That money is not reaching the bedside. That's why we're calling for a guaranteed legislated care standard of four hours per resident per day. There's Bill 188 before the legislature right now. we we're asking parties to put, you know, partisan politics aside and pass this piece of legislation that will, you know, really enhance the quality of people's lives who live in these homes. Okay, Candace. So 
if the money is not first of all for these this for the behavioral problems the money that is going there so if these people are not at the bedside where are they so they might be sitting with someone after they've had an aggressive altercation with someone uh they might provide one-on-one support to someone to you know maybe help keep them diverted from a difficult situation i mean i'm not directly in the homes but i i know that that's how they've been used um that's an important and what role. do they do when they're not doing that uh, you'd have to speak to the administration of a facility about that. I couldn't answer that. Okay. I know they're not providing bedside care. I know that for sure. Okay, so they're not providing bedside care. How much bedside care are people getting now? Uh, not enough. Uh, a few years ago when we did calculations, our calculations based on real hours of people working in the facilities were barely reaching two hours per resident per day. The government of Ontario will tell you, we're funding at 3, 3.25 hours. We're almost there. We're almost what they want. But what they're not telling the people is that includes people who are off on vacation and people who are off on sick time or off on WSIB. We need real numbers that represent real bedside care, and we're not getting that. So probably, uh, too, I'm being generous with that number. Okay. Uh, now, you're saying that the money that the government has put in is not getting to the bedside. We know that one of the big problems with health funding is a huge portion going to administration. Is that what's happening here as well? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think we've heard from the front line that they've seen cuts to direct care hours on the floor while we've, they've seen enhancement to their manager staff. Absolutely, we've seen that. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, do you have any thoughts on that, on how that should be remedied? Well, I think it goes about to the accountability to the money that's being given to the, to the facilities. That's why we're calling for a guaranteed legislated care standard. That means that the administration can't, you know, dabble with money and put money here and there. They have to provide a certain level of bedside care to those residents. They won't be able to beef up their management staff because they'll have to be accountable to the ministry for how they spend that money. And I argue that those accountability mechanisms are pretty weak right now. Okay. And if they would say yes to this, how much money will it cost? I mean, is there a number attached to this? It will cost a lot of money. It will cost a lot of money, but I argue and offer to you that the people who built this province that we enjoy are worth every single penny of that money. And there's money to be found. We can find money for these people. Uh, how can you find money with these people? We're seeing, we're seeing cuts. We're seeing this ongoing uh, huge dispute with well, the doctors. Well, at the same time, we're seeing corporate tax breaks and corporations getting big tax breaks. If that revenue was back into the system, that would mean a whole lot for public services. Uh-huh. So you're, you're, you're uh, advocating a whole uh, revamp. That's certainly one option to consider. Okay. Uh, let's take a call from John in Brampton. Hi, John. Hi. We're listening. Yes. Uh, I guess you know, two points. Number one, um, we have a whole thousands of doctors who are licensed, who we would I assume, are well-trained, who know what they need, know what they want. Uh, and what most of them are saying is that we got to fix this system. Then we have, on the other hand, we have a government that thinks it's more appropriate to spend billions of dollars on some pie-in-the-sky, save-the-planet hydro program. Uh, we have money to spend, I don't know how many, a couple of billion dollars to spend on Pan Am games. Uh, of that, none of it went to the athletes. That's all just, you know, 
uh, uh, as part of the gravy train approach. If, again, if these doctors know what they need, if they're not getting it, and they're not, um, we need to do something immediately about the government. Uh, you know, I, I asked the well, former, well, there are elections for that. I don't think we can do something immediately, but well, there are elections for that. Maybe we can. I asked the former attorney general. Uh, I, I gave him a hypothetical case. If I was in charge of, uh, uh, let's say, an older uh, couple, and it was my job to manage their money, it was my job to provide them with food, with shelter, and with medication. If I suddenly decided, you know what, man, these old keezies don't need all that money for medication, I'm going to cut that off, or I'll take off half of it. I'll take off half their food as well. I'm going to spend it on other things. And, and my question to him was, could we charge these people? Could, could, if, if I was doing it, could I be charged with breach of trust? Could I be charged with failure to provide the necessities of life? And believe me, we are doing that. There's another kid now waiting for medication that's it's not considered um, viably uh, economical to provide this kid. So, sorry, kid, you're going to die. Um, why? Honestly, I mean, if it sounds like I'm angry, I'm angry. Why the hell did we put up with this? Why are those people who are abusing the resources we give them, tax dollars, and allowing people to die and wasting it on, you know, if we waited another 10 years to save a planet by uh, reducing, you know, uh, electrical output, if we did that, in, in the scheme of things, it really wouldn't change a whole lot. But it may save a couple of thousand lives. Okay, John. Thanks for your call, and uh, good to hear your views on the government. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, uh, we are just about out of time. So, Candace, uh, what would you like to leave us with on this? Are you asking for a blank check with these four hours, or is somebody going to put a number on this? I don't have the number handy, but lots of research folks have put numbers to this. The government is well aware of the cost associated with the four hours of care. What I would want to leave you with is anybody who is listening who wants to be part of this campaign to win four hours of care for seniors, contact your MPP and ask them to support Bill 188. Okay. Thank you so much, Libby. Thank you, Candace, for that. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.